Hey there, friends. You're listening to Doc and Rock Radio. I'm your host, Frank Inglis. Welcome to episode two of the show. And I think I've got a pretty exciting one for you. I recorded some a couple of days ago that I ended up deleting because I really didn't think I had enough for a full show, especially on an interesting one. But I've come back, I've done a bit of research, and I think I've got something really, uh, really special here for you that covers, you know, three different virtual pet lines. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. Before we go on to that, though, I've got a few things I just want to go over. Number one is uh, thank you to everyone who has listened to the first episode. Um, there's only about a hundred of you, but that's that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that because uh, that's it. It means that people are enjoying it even a little bit. Though it wouldn't have made a difference if there was one listener, zero listeners, a thousand listeners. I'd still be back for the second episode and third and fourth and and onwards and upwards. But yeah, thank you. And a couple of you have sent me comments and messages, and, and they're all very kind words. And I'm going to try to make this show as good as possible, not just for myself, uh, but for you guys too. So thank you for that. Another thing I want to bring up just before we move on is uh, I want to say congratulations to Monster Crown. Uh, the, their Kickstarter campaign uh, has just ended a couple of days ago from the release of this, and uh, they destroyed it. They did very well. All in all, Studio Aurum got... Sorry, I'm just looking up the actual number here. $45,415 with 2,921 backers. Uh, They did amazing. They did amazing. Originally, all they were asking for was $5,000. So you do the math and tell me what percentage they broke there. They smashed every stretch goal apart from two. The 44,000 looks like they didn't smash. Actually, no, they would have. I just think they didn't think, I don't think they updated it. Yeah, no, they would have. They just haven't updated their page. So actually the one, they uh, they didn't reach one stretch goal, which was the 48,000. And that was a really cool one. Uh, basically, you could customize your in-battle tamer sprite. But I have a feeling that uh, they're so appreciative of what, all the backers have done i think they might go for it that's my personal opinion anyway I'm, I'm very excited for monster crown i spoke about it last episode and i'm so glad that they were able to successfully fund it especially to this degree as well it's incredible uh, all the best studio aurum i'll be sending you a message after this just uh to show my to, to give you my congratulations personally and um Everyone listening should also do the same. They're doing they're doing a lot for this this particular genre. But yeah, anyway, I would say go and pledge, but you can't do that now because it's over. But still go and support them, obviously. If you want to donate to them, you still can. I mean, I'm sure there's ways to do it. Um, but yeah, awesome game. And it comes out, I think it's scheduled for February next year, which is a long development time, which makes me think that it's going to be just just incredible but anyway i'm gonna move on now to the bulk of this episode which uh sorry if you can hear my clicking in the background i have about a dozen tabs open that are just a spanning quite an interesting uh real life lineage of bandai and wiz created products now if you don't know wiz so people who are listening to this probably know probably know Digimon, they probably know Tamagotchi, they probably know everything to do with that. 
So you should probably also know uh, Wiz Incorporated, right? So Wiz is is basically a company that manufactures virtual pets. Um, they uh, they did the Tamagotchi, and then they also did the Digimon. Uh, sorry, I'm getting slightly distracted by it. I have so many notes here. I've written stuff down and I'm trying to keep track of it, but I, I might just go for it anyway. Uh, so yeah, Wiz, Wiz Incorporated, basically other manufacturers behind the virtual pets, Digimon, Tamagotchi, uh, Legends, if you've ever, ever heard of that. Legends, you may know if you're a fan of Kenji Watanabe, the original artist of Digimon, still long-term. I keep saying original artist, but he still does art now. Uh, he also provided art for that. It's another Wiz production, another Bandai production. Uh, Virtual Pet. Interesting. I should talk about that one too, but maybe not today. I might go on about it another time, but I definitely have one of them as well. And, and it's a it's a great little device. Very interesting. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about today was how Wiz and Bandai products, especially, especially Virtual Pets, because I believe that's all they've really done. Um, they all kind of link together. So there's a very interesting Tumblr post I saw oh, a couple of weeks ago that just so, it, it basically showed that that Tamagotchi and Digimon uh, share an alphabet. They share a language. Uh, you can look this up yourself. It's very easy. Just simply look up Digimon and Tamagotchi. Uh, or you can go to a Twitter user uh, called at Sinobali. S-I-N-O-B- ALI. Look through his media. By the way, uh, he's a fantastic artist. Fantastic artist that does a lot of Digimon stuff. So definitely support that as well. Uh, but he put up these two pictures side by side that just showed the Tamagotchi and Digimon alphabets. And they're, they're, it's uncanny how similar they are. Uh, where uh, the Tamagotchi alphabet is very rounded. Uh, whereas the Digimon alphabet is 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 jagged, is edged. So as you can see, <laughs> the the or the or character in Japanese in the Digimon alphabet is a square, but the or character in the Tamagotchi alphabet is a circle. Essentially the same thing. Round off a square, you basically have a circle. Same thing as the E. The E looks like a pair of glasses uh, flipped upright. So like a figure eight with a small line in between them. In the Tamagotchi alphabet, it's they're circular. In the Digimon alphabet, they're, they're jagged, they're squares. Um, so yeah, look that up and, and you'll be able to see. And that got me to thinking, you know, how much of a shared universe do these two virtual pets have? And actually, when you look into it, it is uh, quite in-depth. So I'm going to start by explaining... I don't know how much you guys know, but I'm gonna I'm I'm trying to appeal to everyone here, not just long-term fans of Tamagotchi. So if you do know, then you know stick around. I'll probably get you some new information. Um, if you don't know, though, listen in because this is where it gets really interesting. So Tamagotchis came out in let me get the actual specific date. Came out in 1996. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it did. 1996, November 1996 in Japan, uh, and then probably a couple of years, or if not a year later. Um, in the West. Yeah, 1997 in the rest of the world. So in 1996, Tamagotchi came out, right? We didn't know too much about backstory, but eventually it came to light that the backstory was that the Tamagotchis within the virtual pets are actually aliens. 
um, and they come from the Tamagotchi planet. So the story is basically the Tamagotchi planet, which is also sentient, like much things in the Tamagotchi realm. You know, if you've ever played with a Tamagotchi, you'll see there are houses and they have mouths and whatnot. Everything basically has a mouth and eyes in, in, in the realm of Tamagotchi. And that also extends to the planet. So, uh, one day, Oyajichi, if you know him, is the old man Tamagotchi. Oyaji, which is, you know, in Japanese for old man. Um, and Ochi Ichi is basically... It, it's the um, <laughs> the Tamagotchi version of Mon, you know. Mamechi, Oyajichi, excuse me. Uh, one day, he shared some of his sake or... Uh, undescribed alcohol with the planet and the planet got incredibly drunk started singing karaoke but was terrible at karaoke and it, it kind of ruined the way of life on the planet the rest of the tamagotchis could not deal with it uh, so they all hopped in a bunch of little ships and they zoomed off into space eventually crash landing on Earth, specifically the Sumida River in Japan, <laughs> who at the time uh, was being overlooked by a man called Professor Banzo. Apparently, he was out there sulking for whatever reason, and he happened to see this UFO crash. Anyway, he jumped in the water and got this UFO out. I suppose the UFO in, in this regard was quite small, um, as, <laughs> I mean, he was able to grab it out and whatnot, and he's just a human being. Uh, he saw these little creatures in there and noticed that they couldn't breathe the Earth's atmosphere. So he created these devices and digitized them so that he was able to download them into the devices. And that is the Tamagotchi. Uh, and then he realized these things needed to be taken care of. So <laughs> I guess he started distributing these Tamagotchi so these creatures could be taken care of. That's how Tamagotchis came to be, right? That's what we know them as. And then the story has evolved from then. You know, if you followed the actual virtual pets and the instruction booklets that come with the virtual pets, you'll see that, you know, eventually Barnzo and his assistant, uh, Mikachu, I believe is his assistant's name, um, eventually go back to, yeah, I think she's a little girl. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's a little good, little blonde girl. Um, eventually they go back to the Tamagotchi planet and do more research and whatnot. Their, their stories are basically intertwined with the Tamagotchis as a whole. Um, and yeah, that, that's where it started. And what's funny is, um, a lot of people made this connection, I think just visually, but Oyajichi, who was the cause of this in the first place, his, uh, character sprite on the Tamagotchi looks strangely, <laughs> and I'll, you can see it here as well, looks strangely, strangely like Nanemon, uh, from Digimon. Nanimon. So, I mean, they, they both have the kind of the beard. They basically just have legs. <laughs> but if you look at Nanimon's old school description, it was, it was basically like, <laughs> so after the Tamagotchis were digitized, Nanemon happened to fall into the digital world in quotations. And because digital world is full of monsters that are dedicated to battle, um, he couldn't survive, so he mutated to adapt to his environment and became Nanimon. Ah, look at that. That's why they're very similar looking. Um, and, that, and that's an that's an official description as well, funnily enough, and not many people know that. 
Um, I, sp I suppose if you've looked it up, um, I honestly couldn't even source where it came from, but it was some sort of description within an instruction manual, I'm sure of it. Um, but as far as a specific source, I couldn't give that to you. Um, and then you have to look at you have to look at the origins of Digimon, which is also very interesting. Uh, there was an article that was brought up by um, user Gigamon23 on With the Will. It was basically an old article about, <coughs> excuse me, the original conception of Digimon. Um, because Digimon has so many different seasons, it has so many different laws, it has so many laws, as in L-O-R-E. Um, the law of the digital world, L-A-W, is a very harsh one. It's more of a kill or be killed, I would say. But the law uh, is so in-depth and it's ever-changing, and it's really hard to put your finger on. You know, with the introduction of Yggdrasil many years ago, and then the Royal Knights being so prevalent nowadays, it's it's very different to how it started, which was basically File Island, um, and then Folder Continent when the pendulums came in. But the but the original kind of you know, the, the 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 basic outline of Digimon is that this, this was this was in uh, 1990 well, when it came. I think it was 1997 that they came out. Yeah, so this was like this was. Uh, conceived back in 1997 as as the Digimon originally came out and it was basically that um, the Digimon started to come into existence and their, their data they're like bugs right as in like computer bugs St started to come into existence when PCs started to get widely used right uh, then there were humans that discovered them in in a virtual space so just on their computers and whatnot originally thinking that they were viruses trying to delete them couldn't necessarily delete them the smaller ones they could get rid of the stronger ones not so much but then certain people and actually funnily enough before i go on um and i'll try to remember what i'm what i'm saying um is the digimon tamers the monster makers and the digimon tamers kind of follow this this story digimon tamers is a season three i'll go into that after anyway certain individuals um uh, you know, like engineers and whatnot and uh, <laughs> IT dudes and women discovered that uh, these creatures were mostly benevolent. Um, they weren't really, at first they thought they were viruses, but they weren't really. So they created a, a digital space for them called the digital world. And as computers continued to grow, uh, we use computers, I mean, day to day now. I have a, I have a watch that is basically a computer. We have phones, everything. I'm using a computer to record this and to look up the internet. Anyway, as they continued to grow, the digital world also got bigger. Um, and then digital world became a world of its own where it just basically grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. When something starts, you can't often stop it. And that's just what happened. But then some of these uh, people, some of these computer whizzes, um, began to kind of care for these Digimon and they noticed that they were growing and changing and these people are considered the original tamers simple as that they these hackers in quotations which is how they label them um which has now come up in Digimon story once again cyber sleuth and hackers memory um and like I said there is a series there's a group of characters in the anime series Digimon Tame is called the Monster Makers, who basically, they have a very similar story. Their story is a little bit different. Uh, they wanted to produce, they wanted to kind of construct an AI, um, and then they attached, you know, 
monster type images to these AIs and then the AI kind of got out of control. That was a Greymon at the time, the, the, the original one that got out of control. But then, you know, <laughs> Bandai within that Digimon universe uh, bought the rights to their AI program, put them into Digimon, distributed them, right? That's a different one. I would say look that one up as well. The short novel is called Digimon Tamers 1984. Um, it's about a, it's a 10 page long write up and it's it's just a short story about these uh, monster makers or in the Japanese, I believe they're called the Wild Bunch. And it basically describes a, a fictional version, well, <laughs> as if the first one wasn't fictional, but an even more sensationalized version of the Digimon creation story. Uh, which relates to Digimon Tamers. But yeah, that, so that's the creation of Digimon. Um, as far as the original V-Pets are concerned. Which, as I said, have changed and changed and changed and changed. And it's so different from what it originally was. But if you're looking at the V-Pets and you're, you know, even, even playing things like... Oh, excuse me, not playing. Oh, yeah, like playing Hacker's Memory and whatnot. It, it does kind of relate to that because these original Tamers were considered hackers that in the write-up it can be translated as hackers or in quotes crack team um, i believe is what the translator notes said uh, but if you're reading things like v tamer and whatnot um you know th th that story does relate more to that than anything else but that's how the that's how the digimon and the and the tamagotchi universe kind of are linked so it's not just the alphabet it's also characters well mostly Oyajichi and Nanimon. Um, but I'm sure if you look, there are a lot of... So, I, I have a Digimon on my shelf or in my collection right now. It's the it's part of the Marino Gochi. It's, it's, sorry, the Marino Gochi is the, is the sea-based Tamagotchi, right? It has a bunch of um, water animals and whatnot, fish and octopi <laughs> and whatnot. But I have something called the Mushi Gochi, which is uh, all insects. And then you have, you know, you have like Tento Gochi, Kabuto Gochi and whatnot. And you can see them mirrored in Digimon. Uh, Tento Mon, Kabuterimon. So little things like that. You'll find that a, there is a lot of, there is a lot of overlap. It's very similar to like the Marvel DC thing, right? Which is that you can see there's, there's sometimes, you know, uh, Catwoman, Black Cat, <laughs> things like that. But then... Tamagotchi and Digimon, Tamagotchi not so much, but uh, when it linked to Digimon, Digimon actually connects to another Bandai slash Wiz invention, uh, which maybe you've heard of. It's called Magical Witch Witches, excuse me. Magical Witches. Uh, it's basically a very small book, uh, and you open up the front page of this book, in quotations, and it's a little virtual pet, and you basically raise a little witch. They come in four different versions. You've got your... It's it's the four elements, right? So water, fire, wind. And then I think it's wood or grass. One of them. Oh, no, no, no. Earth. So it is Earthland, Balaluna, Energy, and Aquary. <laughs> so earth, wind, fire, and water. And as I said, they were these virtual pets made by Bandai and Wiz. And they also had designs done by Kenji Watanabe, um, which I think in itself kind of links Digimon and this together. Something funny about this, though, and if you haven't seen Magical Witches, it's actually really, it's a cool little thing. You you raise, you know, a little creature, 
and it eventually becomes like a witch or a wizard. But it might start off as a water droplet, then turn into like a little water lizard, and then or a fire dragon, and then it will eventually turn into a fire witch or a fire wizard. It's really kind of cool. It's pretty awesome. Um, but along with that, it connects to Digimon like strongly, quite strongly actually. So if you know characters like Witchmon and Wizardmon, right, Wizardmon, um, and if you know a lot about them, they will say they came from a land called Wichelni. Wichelni, <laughs> right, very hard to say. All of these are very hard to say. I feel like when you have those types of letters next to each other, it's so hard to get out. Wichelni. Uh, so, I mean, do look at Wizard uh, Witchmon. So Witchmon in its description, it's come from a place called Wichelni, and uh, it's in pursuit of its rival Wizardmon, who also, and even in the anime, explains to Gatomon that he comes from a place called Wichelni. Now, Wichmon has uh, two special attacks. One is called Balaluna Gale, and the other is called Aquary Pressure. Now, you should know those two because they were a couple of the places, they were a couple of the books uh, from the Magical Witches, right? Earthland, Balaluna, Energy, and Aquary. So, I mean, <laughs> that already is... People will see that as like a kind of throwback, right? To an older IP, I suppose, of Wiz. Uh, but uh, the fact that Witchmon and Wizmon both say they come from Witchelny and whatnot. Uh, and also there's a desert. So, okay, this one's a little bit harder. So you'll have to... You'll have to kind of follow me on this one. So... Uh, in Magical Witches, or actually, more likely, in both Magical Witches and Digimon, uh, Witchelny is spoken of as an alternative digital world. Literally, it is spoken of as an alternative digital world. Uh, Wizardmon actually says that as well. And its inhabitants are considered in quotations, advanced programming languages. So it seems as though Wichelny and, I, and Digimon, this is, this is what I'll do. I'll put the two and two together for myself and for everyone listening. But let's, let's think about it this way. So Digimon, let's say they do exist in the real world, which they do, <laughs> the ones we hold in our hands. But as far as a, an actual living, breathing dragon or plant creature, no, they don't. But let's say that in this world, Digimon do exist. And a company comes out with a virtual pet um, that has similar coding to how they were originally. Um, that information gets spread online. Eventually, the Digimon will look at that as if it was an alternative land. This is what I've always said. I've always explained Digimon to people that don't understand Digimon like this. You know, someone will come up and say, especially my girlfriend will always say, okay, so how does that Digimon exist? And you think, well, does it exist on the internet? And she says, yes. I'm like, well, then it probably exists in the digital world. Simple as that. So Wichelny is seen as an alternative digital world where Digimon have come from, specifically Wizardmon and Witchmon and a couple of others too, actually. Um, apparently there's Sorcerymon has come from there. If you know Sorcerymon, it's like an alternative it's an alternative wizard mon. It's not. You'll see like uh, sorcery mon is just an ice wizard mon. Uh, then you have misty mon, flame wizard mon, which is uh, 
you know, if Sorcerymon is the ice alternative to Wizardmon, then Flame Wizardmon is the fire. But also something funny, Medieval Dukemon, um, which you all also may know as Medieval Gallantmon, also came from Wichelny. Um, it's apparently a legendary hero there. It's very interesting. <laughs> There's so much to... Uh, there is so much to know about all of this, but yeah, so there was there was a war in Wichelny, and medieval Dukemon apparently defended Wichelny from evil, and um, which may or may not be another Digimon, possibly. Who knows? At this point in time, who knows? It definitely could have been. Um, but yeah, as as far as that's concerned, that's those three things mixed together pretty well. And it just seems like that all virtual pets could essentially live in the realm of Digimon. And that's what I really love about Digimon. It's what I always said to people when they say, what is the appeal of Digimon? You know, you like Digimon more than Pokemon. Where, where is that? Where does that appeal come from? And my reasoning is that, you know, I feel like Digimon could exist. I don't feel like Pokemon could exist bunch of creatures flying around and whatnot and it's your job to catch them and, and 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 whatnot but i do think digimon could exist because even in the story of digimon they are created by human hands and if you look at the backstory of digimon like i've described the way they were created is i mean we have artificial intelligence right now we 100 percent have artificial intelligence what is to say that in the future, we can't just attach a really cool looking monster to that artificial intelligence? I mean, we've already programmed, us as humans, I'll say whiz, have already programmed a bunch, a cluster of pixels to change into another cluster of pixels when certain things have been done to it. You've fed it too much, you've battled it too much, you've not taken care of it, you've taken too good care of it. I mean, that in itself is artificial evolution. If you just attach some sort of artificial intelligence to that, there is really no stopping a Digimon from actually existing. And the fact that they exist in this small digital form and then on the internet and they have their own world and it's connected to other things that share that similarity, right? Connected to the internet. The small world. Of course a Digimon could exist in the world of the Tamagotchi and vice versa. Of course that could happen. They're both essentially the exact same thing. They're little handheld devices with a cluster of pixels. It's just cool to think about. And that's why I, I like Digimon a lot more. I mean, there's, there's many other reasons and, and I wish I was more... Oh, I wish I was more cohesive with my uh, explanation, but Digimon means so much to me I get flustered when I talk about it. That's how much I love Digimon. But yeah, I, I hope I've given you some sort of information, like some enjoyable information. I've become, um, I, I'm still learning how to do these shows. You know, the first one was just stream of consciousness, as I said about a dozen times, and I apologize for that. But this time it's, it's more explanatory. And you know, I have to learn how to do that better. And I'm sorry if I wasn't able to do that as well, but I will get better at this. Either way, I think this was really interesting. I think, uh, you know, your fan theories and whatnot and, and your small little tethered connections to different things, I think is really interesting. And I, and I hope some of you out there didn't know this and now you can kind of 
walk away from the podcast with an even deeper appreciation for not only Tamagotchi, but Digimon. And maybe now you even know about magical witches. Which, by the way, if you try looking up online, are incredibly expensive. I mean, I've collected a fair bit of Digimon. I've collected my fair share of Digimon. Um, and I've paid a <laughs> more than I should have for a lot of those Digimon. But the magical witches stuff, you know, your basic magical witches are going for about 600 bucks. And I tell you what, if I can find one, I'll be getting one for cheaper, if I can find one. But for $600 right now, I'm just going to have to live off of unboxing videos on YouTube and uh, <laughs> amateur reviews. But no, guys, so that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that quits for this episode. Thank you for listening in. This one's a little bit of a shorter one, I think, only by about 10 minutes, but it's cool. I'm going to stick to about half an hour. I don't want to bore you guys. And uh, I want you guys to walk away thinking, oh, I could have had more of that rather than I sure do want less of that. But anyway, thanks again for sticking around. Uh, once again, my name is Frank Inglis. This has been episode two of Doc and Rock Radio. Have a very good week and I uh, will speak to you next week. Take care. <laughs>